And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention stop what you're doing and listen it's the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier dkm and jcap ladies and gentlemen my name is jcal this is the alliance blog podcast this is the alliance guys podcast excuse me with me of course are dkm and Jaden. Or Jaden, no, I'm sorry, DK and Kevin. You know what? Jaden used to be on the show with us, so that sorry, Kevin, I did not mean to exclude you. Uh, I'm okay. But this podcast has been around for many years. In fact, I've been doing this podcast with DKM, and like I said, with Jaden before, with Kevin. Now we've been doing this podcast for 13 years. Let that sink in for a minute. For 13 years, and in 13 years, not once did I ever try to bully somebody to see my opinion not ever did i tell somebody this is the way it is and and you better agree i've always been about sharing opinions different opinions and if you like something that's a hundred percent awesome and if you don't like something again that's also awesome the whole point of a community is to be able to have discord and to chat about the show like i said i never bullied anyone into liking it and I never bullied anyone into not liking it. This podcast has always been about expressing our opinions. When Devin Mercer speaks, you are hearing the opinions of DKM. When the former World Junior Heavyweight Champion speaks, you are hearing the opinions of Kevin Frazier. When you hear Jay Cal speak, you're hearing the opinions of Jason Cayley. Not once did I ever... Well, sometimes my wife. My wife. Uh... But to be perfectly honest, this show might not be for you if you're only looking to hear positive things. This show might not be for you if you only want to hear that everything is sunshine and rainbows. Because what you're going to hear on the Alliance Guys podcast is a true opinion of what we think about the show. What you're going to hear is is the gospel according to us. We're, We're not going to sugarcoat it. If we like something, we're going to tell you we like it. If we don't like something, guess what? You're going to hear our truth. And I'm not talking about wrong killings. I'm talking about what we believe. So with that being said, welcome to the podcast. DKM, Kevin Frazier. What's up, boys? How you doing? What's up, Jay? If you don't mind me speaking to your point, because I was actually going to talk about something kind of on this topic that was not relevant at all, just that, you know, the NWA is not in a bubble, it is not in, like, we're not in an era where you can't see any other wrestling but this show, and I think maybe if this is the only wrestling we could see, 
or had ever seen, we, we, I mean, it would be the best thing you've ever seen. Um, but in reality, is that's not the reality. In fact, wrestling is probably more saturated now than it's ever been in the history of wrestling. And I always compare this show to other shows to say, okay, well, where does it stand? And I would say my biggest thing that, that I don't, that I would say criti- critically or, or that I would say that I don't understand is how they have some of the top talented wrestlers in the world. Many wrestlers that have been on this program have gone on and, you know, moved on to companies making more money and um, having, having special, having, you know, marquee spots in that. And so there's no lack of talent. It's just, and I know DK is going to say something about this. It is a wrestling show. It's not, I, I don't know. And what I think we all liked about the pay-per-view is that it was, we got a lot of wrestling. And I think that the issue that we had on this particular episode of Power was that the wrestling just wasn't there. And when we did get wrestling, it really wasn't like wrestling where we got to actually see some matches. And like I said, I, I watched the whole thing on another show this week that almost took 25, had 25 minutes of unbelievably good wrestling uh, just to start the show. That wasn't even the whole show, just to start the show. And again, NWA is not in the phone. And there are other options for people to watch and they need to be aware of that. They don't need to just be fans of themselves and not be open to, you know, to improve. DK? Alright. I don't want to dwell too long on this. We say what we think. And I'm not trying to say that anybody was trying to bully us into their opinions, but it's just one of those people go, well, you're negative, nothing makes you happy or whatever. It's like, have you watched the shows? Have you actually read what we said? Because... Yeah, there are times we slam them, and there are times we praise them. Uh, I thought the pay-per-view was really, really solid. I mean, and first of all, for somebody like me, I'm a person that believes words, words have meaning. So I try not to throw around a lot of hyperbole except for when I'm cracking jokes or trying to be humorous or whatever. But it's hard for me to say, oh, well, not every show can be a great show. If every show is a great show, then every show is mediocre. You know. And I think I still left him through smiling. But anyway. Uh, so I thought the pay-per-view was very solid. It kept me entertained the entire time. I loved how they just went from match to match to match. Uh, there are only two talking segments, which in a pay-per-view is the way it should be. Marty sold me the pay-per-view. So, he sold me to watch wrestling, so now, you know, now I'll be watching. And, uh, only one match on the pay-per-view that I don't think I particularly care for at all 
but most of them I thought were really good and I was really happy with some of the results and I assume we're going to be going through those so Jerry why don't you take us through the pay-per-view well hey I wasn't expecting to talk about the pay-per-view but we can do that um, first if you guys didn't check out the pre-show make sure you go to YouTube the youtube.com forward slash NWA that was the best free program that the NWA has put out in a long time and that episode that free pre pre-show was actually better than most episodes of NWA power has been and it didn't have a ton of star power it just had quality matches and 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 short little brief segments of talk then back to wrestling then talk it was brilliant how well it worked and if NWA power would actually follow that same recipe I think everyone would have been very excited about this most recent episode of NWA but um so let's talk about the pay-per-view. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the pre-show or just the uh, actual pay-per-view itself? So if I didn't see the pre-show yet, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. let's just start the pay-per-view. Okay, well, let's, go, let's get to it then. Um, the first match kicked off with the, uh, the four-way tag match. Um, a lot of bodies were in here. Big Clumsy in his house. What's up, Big Clumsy? Um... The four-way tag team match starts off with La Rebellion, which is Bestia666 and Mecha Wolf defeating Marche, Rocket, and Slice Boogie. Uh, uh, Rudo and Sauronaro with Danny Deals, which that was uh, all kinds of weird. And then the end with Odinson and Paro. Um, this was kind of one of like, uh, we, we talked about this beforehand. This was one of those matches like, let's throw it on the wall. Let's see if it sticks. And there was some good elements to it. Obviously, the crutch of this match was to set up a... It looks like a feud between The End and uh, 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 La Rebellion. Uh, what did you guys think about this match? We'll start off with UDK. What, what did you think of the match? What did you think of La Rebellion? It's a new tag team we haven't seen before. Or uh, or Rudo. Uh, I'm not seeing any of those three before, so it was at least interesting to me to get to see him. I could have done without being a four-way. not the biggest fan of multi-man, multi-team matches. And uh, the action was all that could be under the, under the circumstance. Obviously, the parts that you wanted to see were you know, the revolution. Revolution. <laughs> revolution. And, uh, uh, and the end, you know, face off. And so I was happy with how it ended a tag team, an actual tag team boy. They beat a non tag team. So that was good. And they set up some story to go with the. Impressions that were made on me throughout 
you know, sometimes when you watch first impression, maybe one thing, and then as you kind of go back through it in your head, you kind of have a, maybe have a different perspective. The more I think about this match, the more I, I like I liked it. It, it. It's it's a lot. When I talk about wrestling today, it was very much, it was very much not tone deaf to the wrestling what's going on in the rest of the world today. And the way the match went, the style of the match, the pace of the match. You know, I just felt like I was watching like a match, like a big time wrestling match. And you could tell that the wrestlers were were extremely into it and there was a lot of passion out there. Uh, I'm gonna be partial to, to La Re- Rebellion because Bessia and I have, you know, become friends of, became friends back in the day and are still, I guess you say, buddies or whatnot. So again, I, I'm, I'm gonna, but again, I, I thought they were the best tag team in the match. I thought there was a lot of star power in this match. And, you know, there's a lot of talent in that ring for this match. And so, and I don't remember even Rodrigo, like, I hardly remember anything he did. But uh, I, do, I do remember the impact at the end. Um, La Rebellion made on me in that and it really did make me want to see more uh, but I also liked that we had a clean finish uh, we just kind of had a bang bang match and it was, it was well done and I, I I might have to say it might be my favorite match in the paper wow wow after okay. the fact at first I didn't think so but after the fact after I let it all sink in I, I really liked it I mean that's that's saying something. Um, I was good with it. I mean, I I, I thought it was a fine match, but uh, it wasn't my favorite. Uh, but let's let's get to the next match. And the next match is um, the Grudge Match with Tyrus, who brought his working boots. I'm going to say, Tyrus, for all the criticism I've given him over the last twelve weeks, that guy came to work, and I know he's still out of shape. I know he is not everyone's favorite wrestler, but I'm going to tip my hat to that guy and give him a bit of credit. He brought his working boots, and I thought he looked damn good in this match. Uh, he gets the victory over the Pope. Uh, there was some scrupulous things going on, like a foreign object. But you know what? I'm okay with that, and I'll tell you why. Because I don't feel it took the heat off of Pope. It made Tyrus give Tyrus a much-needed victory. And hopefully this uh, the new direction of, uh, of the Pope... And, uh, and Tyrus can go opposite directions. Kev, what did you think of this match? Give me your take. I, I thought, so this would be, I would categorize this kind of as a story, kind of story match. Right. Not a, it's not really like a work rate type match where you're, you're coming in like the last match we talked about expecting to see some just outstanding, you know, moves, so to speak, in a match. Um, this match with less selling. This match they, they had selling. They had a little slower of a pace. They told a really, really good story. I really enjoyed the match. I, I know we've harped on, on Tyrus, but maybe he did, did something between the last tapings and this match, which I'll give him credit for. Because, guys, listen, I've told you this before. Just because a guy doesn't have a six-pack don't mean that they're not... That, just, that they can't go. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Tyrus can go, but I'm saying he looked <laughs> in a lot better shape 
I can't put some I put some effort into being in shape for this match. Uh, but I think the big part was that the selling was face right, the match was face right, the story was there. Uh, I don't think that it took anything too much away from Pope with the loss because it was kind of a screw job thing. Uh, so I, I, I agree on all fronts. I, I like the match. Uh, it wasn't the greatest match ever, no, but it was a good match. DK. Uh, and I agree with, sorry, I agree with Dave Scooby that Tyrus does need to kind of stay away from uh, <laughs> that navy blue. Save it for those, those baseball caps. Well, I'm not going to argue with Sailor Big Blue. I am going to disagree with you guys on that. I, this match didn't really do anything for me. Involved Tyrus looked better. It's kind of like saying, you know, two pennies is more than one penny. <laughs> you know, sure. You know, it's more, but it's even double like you use. Still wouldn't pick it up off the ground, would you? Uh, again, Kevin nailed it. It's a storyline thing. Uh, and again, I think this is a match that was the booking was probably better than the actual match. I like the story that went with it. I even like the heart punch. I like that there was a foreign object used, and I like the way they did it because it was hidden there. You know, you didn't not just blatant right there in front of the referee smashing with the chair type thing. So, yeah, but the elements of the match were good. Booking was good. And I'm going to sneeze at some point here so just everybody be aware. Well, let's not, let's not uh, beleaguer, belabor this match any further. There's more to talk about. Um, and we don't want to keep the good folks here till midnight tonight. So let's let's keep moving along. Uh, next up, we had well, the. I will, I will say, I think there's going to be a third one at some point. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that unfortunately, you're. I think you're right. Um, but we can hope that that's a long time before we have to get to it. Next up, we have the women's tag team match featuring the debuting Kylie Ray, smiling Kylie, as they were calling her. And Taryn Terrell, um, as they defeated Melina and Thunder Rosa. Uh, this match was kind of peculiar because, it, I mean, I know it was a good way to introduce Kylie Ray to the roster. Um, there's been heat between Melina and Taryn Terrell as they've been the advocates for both Camille and Thunder Rosa. Um, but the match kind of went screwy when Thunder Rosa takes Taryn Terrell exit stage left. So it just kind of seemed uh, a little off. I mean... I like Taryn Terrell. She's she's entertaining to me. Um, but this match was just uh, just kind of whatever. I, I did like the the work that Kylie Ray put in. But um, DK, what were your thoughts on this match? Well, Kylie Ray impressed me. And I'll admit, I've not seen her before. I mean, I've heard of her. And I know she's been out there. But I've never really seen a Kylie Ray match. So... Uh, she impressed me. I thought she's real good, but I hope, you know, she sticks around the NWA for a while. I think she's somebody who can be built up in a good way. Uh, I love Tara Terrell's character, even though it's kind of like everything I despise in the world. <laughs> but but something, something about the way you portrays it is so perfect. <laughs> and I just, I, I just love the character. 
So, we had a conversation offline one time. I still enjoy Thunder Rosa. And I, I realized that one of the things I really enjoy about her is that she's one of those people that, whether she's a face or a heel, she works basically the same way. And she works much more heelish than she does, you know, baby face. And, uh, you know, Steve Austin obviously was the person that perfected that. And, uh, it's just, uh, I, I enjoy watching her in this match. I thought she, I thought she did a good job. She entertained me a lot. Melina, 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 I love you, baby. I don't know that maybe you should be in the ring anymore. She did look like she was struggling a bit in the ring. And, uh, you know, and what I liked was that, uh, Kylie Ray, the just little goody two shoe, happy baby face, uh, both trunks to get the win. <laughs> I just, yeah, just kind of thought that was perfect. And so, you know, this is one of those matches, like Kevin was saying. I think when I watched it the first time, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's good or whatever. But coming back and thinking about it, and I actually watched I watched the paper twice. And so I won't say it's my favorite match, but I just thought everything came together really well. I, I it, it, it entertained me. Big Kev, what's, what, are, what were your thoughts? I'm probably going to come down the same, kind of in the same range. Uh, I thought it was, was certainly better than average match, so it wasn't bad. Uh, it wasn't great. Uh, I don't know about good. It's close. Close to kind of good. But there were some very, uh, there were some highlights. Uh, I really liked Kylie Ray and Thunder Rosa's work in the match. I really enjoyed watching them go back and forth. Uh, you know, Melina, I, I, I can kind of agree that the Enri, you know, she could have just done less, I think, um, and probably it, it, it's gotten the point across. Just I, I, from personal experience, as you get older as a wrestler, getting on the ground and getting back up uh, becomes a lot harder than it used to. So maybe that's something that you eliminate as much as possible uh, in what you do, and then it helps. But who cares? He's listening to me on that. I would say the highlight of the match was Karen Terrell. Uh, her entrance gear was the best of the night, hands down. Uh, her gear was some of the best gear of the night, hands down. She looked like she dieted for the show because she was in phenomenal shape. I mean, you know, there's... I'm sorry, but look isn't everything, but it takes a lot of effort and dedication to look good like that. And I know that she she's not going to go out there in her character and tell you how hard she worked, but it shows in, in her presentation. Uh, her commitment to her character is probably one of the probably the best on the show because her character is very consistent with what she does in the ring what she says and how she acts and how she portrays herself. Can, so again, I, I think it's a high-level professionalism with her. Can I, can I just add something on top of that? Mm-hmm. The, the what I'm getting out of Taryn Terrell is the same feeling I got out of Aaron Stevens 
in the first couple of seasons. That commitment to the character, the over the top, the silly, the funny, it makes wrestling fun. And that's what, right. you know, I, I sorely miss uh, Aaron Stevens' uh, karate character, you know, flesh colored suit character because it was a fun character. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to make a bold prediction too. Uh, I could definitely see Terrence Terrell taking that title, um, the, the, the world title. She's definitely material. So um, I know that Camille's got the title and probably has a stranglehold on it, but if anybody can weasel it away from her, um, I think she could and probably lose it right back. But that's a point. I think she's championship material um, right off the bat. Oh, yeah, and I think to make another comparison. Sorry, okay, especially on this To make another comparison between her and uh, Stevens was, you know, Stevens even in his pre karate gimmick where he wore the formal fights. I still have nightmares about his pre karate gimmick. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when he started out, he didn't start out with the karate. Right. You know, you go back to it a lot, but he was he was the he was the same character, just not in the heat. Well, when he had to get in the ring and fight, he was a big man. He was rough and he was tough and everything. And I kind of sense a little bit of that. Terrence Terrell is like, you know, in some ways, her character is like, oh, you know, I kind of know that I want to wrestle, I don't want it. But when push comes to shove, she can. She's been working there. Alright, so let's go to the next match then. Um, and that would be uh, the... This was my match of the night. Um, I really thought JTG showed up looking good, in shape, ready to wrestle. Fred Rosser... Fred Rosser is the most underutilized guy on the roster. Or maybe he is the most utilized guy on the roster. Because you plug him in anywhere, and he can have a good match. He had a good match with the Pope. He was in a good match when teaming with Marche Rocket against Stevens and Kratos. I really feel like Fred Rosser might be the MVP of the show that nobody's talking about. But this match with JTG, I felt like it was it was it was high impact. It was fast paced. It had me sitting there watching, waiting for what was going to happen next. It was a wrestling match, and lo and behold, a wrestling match. And the one thing that I kept thinking is. I wonder which one of these dudes ends up with a title first, JTG or Fred Rosser. DK, what did you think? Oh, I love this match. It was probably like you, it was probably my favorite. It, as far as just professional wrestling and that isolated thing, it was certainly the best match on the show. So, and... You know, both men are in shape, both men look good, both men work. So, no complaint for me. Kevin? Yeah, I, I thought it was a good match. Uh, again, good is probably the word I'm going to use over and over tonight. Uh, it was a good match. It wasn't a great match. Again, uh, I, I don't throw that out there because, but it was a good match. They, they both looked good. You can tell there's a lot of, again, kind of like what I said about Terrence Terrell. There's a lot of preparation uh, that went into that. I have a question. Was, was 
Ross are wearing his old WWE trunks? Because didn't it say, like, wasn't his name Darren Young? Well, yeah, his name his? his name was Darren yeah. Young. Right, so he had on trunks that said Darren on the front. You know, so I, he lost I, I didn't... I didn't notice that, lost, so that's a good call. Lost, lost points with me. Big time. Get some new gear, brother. Get some new gear. <laughs> yeah, I don't play uh, close enough attention to the front part of Trump, so. <laughs> but I, I'm willing well, to take your word on it. If, uh, if we're going to start taking, play, taking stuff like that, I'm going to uh... Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you got some markdown points for me on that guys wearing old WWE trunks um, with your old name on them. Come on. Um, maybe somebody pooped in his bag. Who knows? Um, if you guys don't know, that's what people do when they don't like you in the locker room. They poop in your bag. Well, then it's so, that, that, um, that was an old Sonny and Sean Waltman thing, wasn't it? Or Sable. Sable. Uh, that's just the most funniest one. That's the most famous <laughs> one. But, I mean, it happened many a time. Especially in the South, in Louisiana, some of the more country, Arkansas places. Things are just a little more. Things are a little more wild west than those, those territories. Yeah, it sounds like but, it. But uh, anyway, anyways, no, I'm, I'm really impressed with JTG. Yeah, uh, he's he's championship material. And there were some creative moves in the match, which I was glad that, that there wasn't a bunch of vanilla. And I I like Fred Rosser, but I just think the charisma, it's hard for me to get past his lack of charisma. Uh, just, he just kind of, uh, kind of blocked me. Great athlete, tough wrestler, but he just doesn't have charisma. Uh, now, JTG, on the other hand, he's got swag. He, he has to, he's something. So again, these are opinions. Doesn't make doesn't make me the it all be all. Nor do I think that means that they're, uh, Darren. <laughs> Sorry, I got confused because I saw his old name. That Fred Rosser should be like demoted or anything. But maybe maybe get some some microphone work and really work on that part of your game. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because if you go back to what we used to see when he was wrestling in primetime live, they they focused a little bit more on letting him have a microphone. I always thought he was pretty charismatic. You know, I thought he was pretty good. But again, that's the thing about wrestling. It's very subjective. And that's kind of what I was talking about early on in this podcast is, look, man, these are our opinions. We're not right. We're not wrong. These are our opinions, just like you're all entitled to your opinions. Um, this was our match for DK and I. Kev thought it was pretty good, but didn't think it was great. So I mean, that's that's what that's kind of the beauty of this podcast is is you're just getting real opinions. Sorry, I just wanted to read. I didn't think it was great either because again, like from the beginning, I try not to throw a word like that. Sure. You know, around they, they have meaning, but yeah, I mean, it was really good. And when it comes to Fred Rosser, I, I understand everything Kevin was saying. I would even agree with him on trunks, but I noticed <laughs> that, that you do need to, uh, you know, come on, let's be who you are now. And I, people fit in different places, you know, and I've made this comment before. Boy, I would love Fred Rosser as the United Press 
uh, Wrestling Network World Champion. I don't necessarily want him to see him as the NWA Champion. But those are different titles and different promotions that have different, you know, styles in them. Yeah, uh, you know, United, yeah, the United Wrestling Network features a lot of smaller guys and stuff like that. Roster uh, is not that small, but he fit in better there. And, you know, doesn't fit in as well in the later times. And I think and that's the type of place where he could, where his charisma will come out more naturally also. So, it's, you know, even saying people aren't necessarily my cup of tea or think sometimes it's where they are and what they're doing. I, I still, Dave Marquez, you know, watch this. I don't know what happened to your World Championship match, but somehow we get Fred Rosser involved. <laughs> well, and, and I want to like also be kind of clear too, that what, what I'm saying is what I think parts of their game that could be improved that would take us to that you should have the 10 pounds of gold conversation I, and that, that's that's but that's your, that's my I just think if you're a wrestler you have to have a look you have to have work rate and you have to be able to get on the microphone like I think you have to do all those things and if you, when you do all those things you should tell a story throughout and if you have those are all the things that I meant and when I, when, I, when I move the dials, I'm looking at the roster going, hey, he's got high work rate. I'm knocking down on his hook because he had his old WWE trunks on. <laughs> but he's got a good look, you know. He's got good gear. Um, he, he does tell a story. He has a, he has a character. He's got a, a message he's trying to give. But I, I think that, that microphone skills uh, thing is just a little low. And if he can start moving that up, he could, he could really... And moving up means that we move to the next match, which is our first title match of the night. We get Aaron Stevens teaming with J.R. Kratos uh, to defeat Strictly Business, Chris Adonis, Tom Latimer, and the War, King, the War Kings, excuse me, Crimson and Jack Stane. Now, this is another opportunity that we could have moved the belts off of Stevens and Kratos. We could have went forward with the... Uh, tag team titles and they just didn't do it they uh they decided to keep the belts on stevens and kratos they actually showed a little bit more tag team continuity they showed a little bit more compassion for one another um even in the uh the promo earlier on um you could see that there was uh, less tension between them and of course i i think there's the old adage that winning cures everything um and, and so maybe the more that they win the, the stronger a tag team they become but they best Adonis and Latimer, which, you know, some people thought that was a foregone conclusion that they were going to walk away with the titles. I'm still disappointed that Crimson and Jax Dane are still just, I don't feel like they've been unleashed yet. I don't feel like their potential has been unleashed. Kev, why don't you tell us about the match? What did you think? This match had the highlight of the night. <laughs> of course it did. Match, but it had the highlight of the night. When you got... Tom Radler and Jack Stane slapping the spit out of each other's mouths. You see, you, see, you, see, you see sweat flying. You hear the smack man come off. For me, that's hey. That bought my ticket right there. Uh, 
because that was great. Those are the kind of moments that the everyday fan looks out, looks in on, and goes, I ain't doing that. By the way, I'm not getting in, I'm not getting in there for, with those guys. In, in my notes, I have Haas fight over and over and over again. That that you're right. That was a lot of fun. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, uh, no, it's fine. And I also, also want to address something that I was kind of surprised about. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised with how well Stevens and Kratos' story came across. This was the best time that... When I've watched him trying to tell this story, this is by far the best time that they've actually get, like, like, told that story. And I think a little bit of it was because they actually got something. For so long, it was just like, like, itching the story along. Give us, like, some, like, content. Give us, like, give us something to, to chew on instead of just barely enough and making us wonder what the heck's going on. This time we got to see a story get told. And you know what's funny? Is that if they do it right, Kratos and Aaron Stevens becoming best friends could be the best story NWA has ever told. So it could be, it could be. Uh, we trust them to execute something like that. I don't know. You got to give these guys the time to ring, first of all, to tell a story. Uh, but also they got to be committed to actually going somewhere with the stories that you're telling too. TK, your thoughts? You know, uh, there's a reason again that I don't like three ways with, uh, I'm here. You keep going. I'm listening. I just said you would agree with me. Because I'm always right. Oh, I would never agree with you. No, uh, honestly, <laughs> Honestly, I don't care for three-way title matches, especially if they're not elimination. And in fact, I think elimination would have made this one a little bit better. Uh, Look good. Got some good hoss fights in there. That's always positive. I really want to see Latimer Dane now as a singles match. Yeah. I really want to see it. Really want to see it. And so... You know, when looking at that, it's just, it's the first time I had any type of carry when it came to Stevens and, and uh, Kratos and their story. And I think, I think for what it was, it was as good as it was going to be. It was a solid match. Kevin's work is good. My work for tonight is solid. Everything was pretty solid. Uh, have two complaints. So, constructive criticism here, people. Nobody go crazy. Constructive criticism. I thought the beating up of Stevens went a little bit too long and too well between the teams. And then they sold, you know, Kratos' leg have been destroyed and, you know, he may never (laughs) walk again and... You know, even if Stevens could tag him in, you know, would it matter? Because Kratos is in such bad shape. And by the end of the match, he's walking around fine, carrying a bell, kicking somebody in the balls. <laughs> uh, I want to work on a little bit of balance. 
I'll have a similar issue in the women's world title match. But, uh, yeah, I just felt that could have been done a little bit better. But, you know, solid work in the ring. And again, pretty good booking for what the match was. And so, that's I think tonight, I'll sum up a little bit earlier on this stuff. I think what tonight can be talked about is solid in-ring work, logical booking. And it made a good show. One so one detraction from the entire pay-per-view, and we'll also feel it in the TV show as well, is that they weren't in the main studio that they were initially for the first, you know, 29 episodes of Power and like three pay-per-views. They were in a sub-studio because it looks like the divorce court is filming in that other studio while this show is happening. So uh, it was a much smaller venue, which meant the cameras were much closer to the ring. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but uh, especially during the the four-man tag earlier and, of course, this tag team match, when those boys were falling out of the ring, they damn near hit the camera every time, and I kind of flinched each time, thinking those cameras are like twenty thousand dollar cameras. If they hit them, ooh, go, oh, someone's gonna lose their job. Um, but I, 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 going back to the match, I really did, I did like the, the Haas fight. I still wish that somebody else would have walked away with those titles. But like Kevin said, I mean, th- this could build to one of the greatest storylines ever if they do it appropriately. Just trust that i don't know dave scooby brings up a good point he says i hope they don't hold the belts until nwa 73 or it could work out who knows what the nwa is up to and i think that's uh kind of more what we were talking about last week let's throw stuff up on the wall let's see if it sticks and if it does great if not i'll tell you something that always sticks to the wall jay every time you throw it good wrestling good wrestling in the ring with good storytelling I mean, can't argue that. Amen, brother. <laughs> um, All right. So that brings us to the next match, which would be um, the women's championship match. I kind of like the fact that they did all the three title matches, uh, one right after the other, um, because it kind of made it feel important. You know, if they would have done the uh, one of those matches in a preliminary match, it might have felt less important. So, um, so then we get Camille and Serena Deep. Now, I'll go as far as to say that I think the best women's match I've seen all year was Camille and Thunder Rosa from a few months back, or a few, not even months, a few weeks back, where I went to a 20-minute draw. Um, I think the second best women's match I've seen all year was Serena Deep and uh, Rio from the uh, uh, buy-in for AEW's uh, Double or Nothing. A really solid match. I felt like this was a really good match, really solid but I don't think it's the best match that I've seen Serena Deep have or the best match that I've seen Camille have. I liked that uh, it showed a lot of continuity. It was like strength versus technique. Um, normally, in, in most wrestling I've ever watched, technique always beats strength, but that wasn't the case here. DK, let me know your thoughts on this match. It was a solid match, like I, most of the card which unfortunately was a little bit disappointing for me because I was really expecting like a really good match with the better technician versus the young powerhouse. I kind of felt they spent a little bit 
too much time with Camille beating up D, and D not getting to be the technician and the overall wrestler. There wasn't it wasn't balanced enough for me, so to speak. Uh, that being said, again, it was solid. I was happy for Camille's win, and uh, you know, good booking, solid match. More please. Kevin? I thought I, 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 I was thinking about it. Um, I think Camille is coming around in her selling. One of the things that a character like that, a large type character, has to be careful of is too much selling. Case in point, an example where this where this was like obvious with Pope knocking down Paris like within a few seconds of the match opening. That's not good. Um, but I, but I, I think she's still got to kind of find her way because if she does too much of it, it's corny and it takes away from her size. I think here she kind of just kind of, we call it dead selling. You know, she had a little bit of too much of that where she's trying not to oversell, but she's kind of dead selling. But I think, you know, Undertaker was the king of the dead cell, but he was, he was a dead man. And it worked for him. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, you notice how the Undertaker, he, he didn't do the, oh my, oh my, oh my, he could hit and just sit there. He could just sit there. Again, I think Camille's kind of finding that spot. I felt like both girls were like elite caliber athletes in the way they moved around the ring. In the way they position themselves. Again, I was a little disappointed in Serena Deeb because I, I feel like you expect more out of someone in that position um, than, than we got. And, you know, some, some little guided details along the way in a match when you're the veteran. Remember, the match isn't about teaching Camille a lesson about wrestling. That's what you do in practice if you've got the guts. The matches on TV and on pay-per-view are to entertain the fans. Period. And to deliver an awesome match. So that's part of your privilege of being a great worker and being a veteran is knowing how to guide someone that's younger along. And that was my big problem with her in Thunder Rose's match. And in this match, I don't see, I didn't see it as the same. Because there was a time in the match where Thunder Rosa kind of threw Camille around. Look, maybe she can, maybe you can do that in a shoot, and maybe you should in a shoot. But in a match, like a work match, um, you need Camille to look big, powerful, and strong. And that makes you look awesome as a smaller wrestler when you when you do certain things a certain way. So, anyways, I would say that Serena D kind of underperformed on this one. Uh, Camille, I felt like wasn't her best, but wasn't bad. So it came out to be a pretty decent match. I, I couldn't go as far as good. I said decent. It just was missing a little bit. But again, I will say this: most women that would have watched, would have watched that match, wouldn't want to been in there. No. The men's yeah. girls were, were were getting after it. They were beating on each other, and it was pretty intense. And that, I, I always give respect love that and always want to make a point to acknowledge it when, when I see them going out there really giving it their all 
I think they did that so I don't want to take anything away from their effort. Well, uh, I'll, I'll say this when it comes to the damage. Uh, there were a couple of boxes in there that did pretty well in covering them, but, you know, there were a couple. And I don't know if this is what you're talking about with the dead selling specifically or not, but there were at least three times, maybe four or five, that uh, Serena D worked on uh, Camille's legs. Yes. Like the dragon screen, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And Camille never really did anything. Kind of limped around a little bit, but that's about well, it. Well, it barely limps. Kind of like, you know, stutter stepped or whatever and, and everything. She actually limped more after the match than she ever did in the match. Right, and actually, you're, you're hitting exactly the, the like, that's exactly what I was talking about. Like, so you picked up on it. Yeah, it was just kind of like, hey, maybe, you know, a little more needs to be done there. And, and see, what this match reminded me of, like, back in the old days when the world champion would come in and make the local talent look good, but then still walk away with the championship, you know, and this was one of those cases where it was like the champion came in to make the local challenger look good and the local challenger won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I guess let's talk about the main event so we can move to the show. Well, the sure. one, one, one more thing I want to add to that, to what we were talking about, the caveat I'd like to add is that... Um, I really like Serena Deeb as the NWA World Champion. I thought she did a great job representing the NWA in AEW. Even though she was still under contract, I felt like the variety of opponents she faced, the the uh, amount of defenses she had, I felt she was right up there with Thunder Rosa when it comes to being NWA Women's World Champion. I really wish... I think the miss on this one is that they probably should have held off on changing this title Instead of at the pay-per-view, I, I wish they would have done it later. I wish they would have done it on a superpower. And I, I'm not trying to take away from the fact that uh, that uh, Camille won the championship because that I, I do believe that was what was always going to happen. I do feel like she is a great champion or will be a great champion. But I feel like I wish they'd have kept Serena Deep around a little bit. Maybe we could have had a Serena Deep title defense against uh, Kylie Ray or Melina or or Turin Terrell, or somebody else besides Camille, because it kind of felt like, well, okay, we know that Serena Deep uh, is an AEW wrestler, and we know that she's here to drop the title to Camille, and then the show, you know, and then Camille, uh, Serena Deep will walk away. I wish they would have done something a little bit different, because it became very predictable. It, like, telegraphed it. We know... What a great, what a great swerve that would been, okay, if Camille doesn't Yeah. That would have been a nice little swerve, but I would also say I don't know how they got away without having Camille lose clean because of all the screw jobs in the show, which was my biggest issue with the show. And and so, that yeah. and that's a good point too. Um, the thing is, Camille is undefeated in the NWA. She hasn't lost a match yet. She has she's only uh, had one no contest, no decision. Everything else she's won and she's won uh, for the most part cleanly. So for her to win this match, you know, as Joe Galley points out later, she did it the right way. I just wish they would have waited 
to do that uh, to do that switch at another time. But that's you know that's neither here nor there. Um, I do know that Serena Deep will be at the television tapings. We will see more of her down the road. But I just felt like there was an opportunity there to, to get some mileage out of her, and uh, they could have done it without you know they could have done it during the tapings over the next few days and still had it have a huge impact for not only the, the nwa but also for camille when she wins a title didn't necessarily have to be at the pay-per-view but um let's go to the finals the main event nick aldis the dealer the national treasures your real world's heavyweight champion in fact he's the nwa world's heavyweight champion defending against trevor murdoch the man who had been scrutinized and beaten and sent home without pay and 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 so much adversity so much struggle to get to this point to get to this match and well if you watch the pay-per-view you saw what happened trevor murdoch put boots to to butt if you will he he really did take it to nick aldis and it seemingly was on the verge of perhaps winning this match when Aldis found a chair and used it in a way that ended the match. So I'm going to go with you first, Kev, because you're you, you're a former world junior heavyweight champion. You know what it's like to have the stakes on the line. First of all, as a champion, what do you feel about what Nick did? And secondly, let's talk about the match. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to... The first thing I want to address is Joe Gallagher. Bro, pump the brakes. Just a little bit. It just is a little much. It's wrestling and it's 2021. Don't act like you haven't seen dudes and girls do stuff like this for the last decade. This is not the first time we've ever seen this kind of ending to a match before. So, again, it just was way off his reaction. Opinion. I like the finish. I like it. Especially because you're keeping the belt on all this, and that's what you want to do. You want him to have that kind of heel finish. You want to leave something left between him and Murdoch. You got some really solid steel chair shots for your money. You got Tom Latimer out in the main event where he belongs. And I didn't mind the finish, but here's my problem with that. Or here's where my problem lies. If that's the finish to the main event, then you really don't need a screw job happening the rest earlier at all in the show. Maybe something controversial, but they had way too many screw job finishes. Because having the tireless brass nuts in this match in this show, and this as the main event, you had convolution, I think two other matches. Um, it just Kicking yeah, the ball in the back. Right. I just think it took. I just think you. I just think it took away from. Uh, away from. But I did like the finish. I did like the match. Uh, it was a good. It was a good match. It, it, I. I didn't have a problem with any of it. I just didn't. I didn't understand if. If you want to get that big screwdrop reaction, you already got it like three times. And so. It just kind of goes back to the booking. DK? So. I like that it was a flaw. I do. 
Here is going to be my only issue at the end of the match. My issue at the end of the match is the world champion took a chair and smashed the referee with it intentionally. Okay. Nick Hollis was just suspended for a week and fined a month's pay or something like that simply for canceling the world title match. He should have been stripped. So, if you're hitting a referee, and let's put this in real-world terms, uh, Roy Nelson, Big Country, whatever his name was, in a UFC match against Bigfoot Silva, Malcolm Sillian was mad at the referee for not stopping the fight earlier. And after the match, he flipped off the referee, went around behind him while he was down on the ground checking on Silva, and did the minorest little push kick to the ref and knocked him over. He was fined $24,000 and suspended for nine months. Okay. <laughs> So now I have to reconcile that canceling the match is a worse violation than smashing a referee with a chair on purpose. Uh, stupid. Idiotic. <laughs> notes here now let's talk about the match the match was a nice match I liked it they got in there they wrestled they fought they brawled it was yep. good old fashioned something and I loved every minute of it my only complaint about it was it was too damn short they just had to cut one of the earlier matches and let this yep. one go longer I agree with that and, and so this was fun it was enjoyable if they had done the end slightly different, it was half a dusty finish. It would have been a dusty finish. Another referee would have come in and actually awarded Trevor Murdoch the belt, and then the first referee would have turned around and you know, changed the decision. And if it was a true dusty finish, we wouldn't have found that out until power. So we kind of had half a dusty finish. And, you know, it was a good swerve. They had just been angled a little bit differently. I, I would have been happier with it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they got a rematch. It'll be interesting to see if they talk about the fact that they're going to be wrestling somewhere else. Because they never talk about anything that's not related to them. I, I don't know why they feel no need to promote their world title. But, uh, you know. I know a lot of people complain about the screwed up finish. Like Kevin said, probably would have been better if there had been other screwy things on the show. Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It wasn't expected. We should be surprised sometimes. So I, I complained about how and how you fit that into the kayfabe world. But the overall outcome... Yeah, that was good. It, it, it took it took me by one, and I like the fact that all this was the one that won. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of fun. Because they they disqualified uh, they disqualified Murdoch. 
on the main event, um, it's refreshing to see Nick Aldis in his element. I don't need a hundred promos leading up to a match. I don't need him in the commentator booth. I don't need him up at the podium every week. I need him wrestling. I'm a huge Nick Aldis fan, but I'm not a fan of his promos. I'm not a fan of his commentary. I'm a fan of his wrestling. And I think that's where he excels. That's why he's the world's heavyweight champion. You know, that title is supposed to mean that you're the greatest wrestler on God's green earth. So let's see more of that, please. And less of the yappy, yappy, yappy. I mean, you could yap, but let's see more of the wrestling. And with that... Let's go to the pay. Uh, let's go to power. Uh, seemingly, Joe Galli has a crush on Camille. That's the only way I could explain it because he sat there in the in front of the dude's excuse me in front of her boyfriend Tom Latimer and projected to just keep saying it's not about you, it's about her, it's about her. She did it the right way, which I agree with. Sure, she did the right way, but. I mean, and I love Joe Galley. I, I won't have any of you be smirching Joe Galley's name, but I, I feel like he might have feelings for Camille. It felt a little odd. Um, and I, yes, I, I I jumped over the part where there's a pay-per-view in, in St. Louis, Missouri. We'll get to that in a minute. Kevin, what did you think about our my friend Joe Galley? And his... Look. This was probably the worst, some of the worst booking of a promo I have ever seen. Joe Galley, the way he talked to Tom Latimer and the way he talked to Nick Aldis made them look like absolute, you know, might use the derogatory words back in the day, yeah. or they wouldn't have been the thing. An announcer should never be able to speak to a wrestler like that without consequences. Because it is a work. That is the that is the thing. In in a in a legitimate situation, Joe Galley would never even think about talking to them like that. So I just think you have to he either should have gotten his face punched out or he got slapped. Or it shouldn't have gone as far and as long as it did. Just my opinion. It just it made it made all the wrestlers out there look stupid. Um, he made them look stupid. And frankly, I, I'm not knocking. I don't know if he was told to do this or what, but it pulled a lot of attention away from 
it brought the attention onto him, which is not his job. Real, real quick, I want to just say this. Uh, Traducus on our uh, Twitch feed right now just said, in the USWA, Randy Hayes got a fireball in the face by talking to Eddie Gilbert and Missy Hyatt like that. So Galley should have gotten knocked out. Right. And the fact that the fact that you could tell that I think I don't know how else to say this that the guys that were standing there weren't allowed to do what they really should have done. Um, it just it just bad That's all I say. It, it, it bothered me a lot. It was very distracting. It just wasn't just wasn't necessary. It sounds like somebody that's never been in a fight or doesn't really know anything about wrestling put that together. Maybe like Billy Corgan. <laughs> just saying. I know it got quiet in here real quick, but uh, look, I don't know who put that together. And I don't care, except on the thing of don't let them put anything else together. I'm going back to this. Nobody cares about Joe Galley versus Strictly Business. Is he going to become a manager? Is he going to go out and find a team? Is he going to take them on in a handicap match? No, probably not. And we don't care. I'm not gonna fire. Uh, I can see the manager roll out. But I just you're building to a few nobody cares about. No one's gonna buy a pay-per-view for Joe Galley versus strictly business. You know the the pay-per-view gave me so much hope and this show gave me so much despair. It's, Incredible. <laughs> it, it's who cares? But I will tell you what interesting part. Switching gears here real quickly. I will tell you what interesting part that I just loved. You know, the fans up very Camille's kind of getting that over heel type thing where she's kind of gonna be switched face by the fans, whether the promotion wants her to switch or not. But it was so fun when they introduced Vladimir out. Vladimir <laughs> comes out and the fans just boo and Camille's like, what you had a block? What are you going for? No boo of my life. We're getting married. And so I don't know what they'll do there, but it's that that one little isolated segment was my absolute favorite part of the show. And everything else I just wanted to hit the head with a hammer. We did, we did kind of get a little bit of a hint. Um, it was inadvertent. Tim Storm kind of stepped in, and they start talking about the national title tournament, which uh, I think the three of us were all okay with the title, just kind of ha- having some having some uh, shelf time, you know. But they did mention that uh, there are a couple names already set up for the tournament, and they made it sound like these are three-way matches. I'm not sure because they said... There's there's Latimer, Adonis, and then a third person, which was Paro. Again, putting a tag team wrestler who's only got one victory on the show into a trip into a national title tournament doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But okay, and then uh, Fred Rosser, JTG, 
And again, Kratos, again, a guy who's got the tag team titles, we're going to put them into the national title. I mean, didn't we just have the whole segment where they pulled the national title off of a guy because he was trying to win another title? It's, it's a little bit confusing. It's a little bit off-putting. But apparently we're going to have a national title uh, return at some point, probably on this season of power. Um, are you? What do you guys think? Are you ready for the national title to come back? Only if they put it on uh, JTG. Only if they put it on Tom Latimer. <laughs> I knew that he was going there. Um, so we get 19 minutes and 33 seconds into this episode of Power before we ever get our first wrestling match. That's almost 20 minutes of just the School of Morton, um, pay-per-view announcements, uh, uh, celebrating Camille's title victory. I mean, this was just... I don't know if we said it online or if this was offline, but Kevin was talking about NXT and how he feels that NXT is by far the best-produced wrestling on the planet right now. And he's talking about how the show is is, is wrestling. It's just wrestling. Uh, and it shouldn't be too hard. There's, It's not like NXT roster is so much more talented than the roster for um, for the NWA. It just feels like... My... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. no, no. It, what Kevin was saying was that uh, it's just better utilized. The storylines make a little bit more sense. The wrestling's better. Kevin, go ahead. I know you want to say it. My favorite wrestler on NXT is an ex-NWA guy. LA Knight, right now, right now, right now, the best wrestler on the mic, best body, best storytelling. I mean, all of them. And he was on the NWA. So don't tell me, you know, I'm just being a Debbie Downer. LA Knight got to go out there and wrestle for 15 minutes against, uh, to that, can we talk about the mysterious masked man? Well, first of all, DK, you, I mean, you're old enough to remember. Was that the spoiler mask? It was at least based on the spoiler mask. Uh, so, yeah, there's somebody that's out there that's kind of looking like a spoiler, but he's not giving any type of name of who's under the mask or what the mask character is. So I'm assuming it's... They're making it sound like it's somebody and somebody we should know. So, (sighs) you know, they're going to disappoint a lot of people if the mask comes off and it's Bob. But it's who? So, Bob. Oh. In other words, 
nobody, nobody either. Right. So, so hopefully it is somebody that we will know and appreciate. No, it's not Kurt Angle, people. <laughs> and, uh, and no, it's not Buddy Murphy. It's not Buddy Murphy. No, not 99.9% of the names ever mentioned. I, I've so, seen... I've seen the name. I don't. I'm not gonna list it here. I'll, if you guys want, I'll share it offline. But um, it's it's a credible wrestler, somebody who was trained by some credible people. Uh, never got that big opportunity. Um, but uh, it's not somebody who you're gonna be like, oh, I know him. So I, I don't get your hopes up. But he is a, a talented dude. Oh, trust me, that we're not a. <laughs> my, 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 my. No, because the question mark was tongue in cheek and meant to be funny and silly that got over. This guy is anything oh, this but. Was, this was serious. I thought this to me. I felt like we were, while like, we're in that NWA party, while like something. Well, you are, but it. <laughs> so let me if I get. Let me if I get this correct. The president of the company. Our good buddy Billy uh, has gone, found a wrestler he knows, give him a handshake agreement, put a mask on, and send him out there to cut one of the most boring, <laughs> monotone, could care less promos on the planet <laughs> to get him over. Is he a face? Is he a heel? Is he. Is Corgan He's Corgan's friend. That's what it is. Corgan's probably friends with this guy. This is Corgan's <laughs> way to try to help this guy get his, get his shot that he never got. He's probably buddies with him. And that's what it's all about. That's my guess. Here's the thing if the idea was to make us go, oh wow, who is that? Get bailed. Yeah, it didn't work. So. Can we talk about wrestling? There's only 13 minutes of it, so come on. So so let's get on to the highlight of the night for me. Because the Pope... Good Lord, where's my TV time? The Pope, as television champion, has been refreshing. The Pope carrying that belt has been awesome. <laughs> and the Pope... Honestly, I think the Pope might be my favorite part of the NWA at this point. TK, you went dark, man. I can't see you anymore. Yeah, my, my, my computer screens. <laughs> what else? Hold on, I'll be back up in a minute. Okay. Uh, but the Pope, I mean, such a breath of fresh air. Everything he does, I, he does well. I mean, he has... When, when Kevin was talking about swagger, I don't think there's anybody more on the roster that has the swagger that the Pope has. I mean, he's dropping his belt off with... Uh, with with Velvet Sky saying, "Hey, I know you're pretty, but this is prettier. Make sure you protect it." I mean, I he just everything he does. There's something extra to it. And when he gets in the ring with Luke Hawk, man, that the Southern Stomper, the former King of the Death Match. I mean, Luke Hawk is highly underrated, and he does a great job with his son. And the Hawk Ari is a fun tag team. But you guys, you can't sleep on this guy, Luke Hawk. He's been around. 
And I mean, his days, I mean, he's wrestled in Mexico, he's wrestled in Europe, he's been on television, he's been a contracted TV wrestler. The dude can do pretty much everything. I've seen him have great matches with guys like um, Chris Bay, or great matches with guys like, uh, oh gosh, now I forgot Kevin his name. Douglas. Kevin Douglas. Well, sure. Sure. I was there. I saw that one live. <laughs> Luke, yep. Luke Hawk is great. So this match, right. this is one of those times where, gosh, I wish we had longer than six minutes and five seconds because I could watch these guys wrestle all day. And it was a good match. It's not great. Can't be great at six minutes. It just can't. But they told a story. It was a good match. There was a lot of respect, right? A lot of respect for each other. Um, I just felt like it was a very solid match. Uh what did I, I had something else written down. Um, it was faster paced than most of the junior, or excuse me, the, the TV title matches that they've had. And I just really felt like this was a, a good, solid TV title match. It just shows you how good the Pope is. I mean, he's wrestling Tyrus. He's wrestling Luke Hawk. He's wrestling Fred Rosser. And all of these matches are either solid, good, very few have been bad. Matt Cross, I mean, the list of people he's beaten since being champion is more compelling than the list of, of people Nick Aldis has beaten since he's been champion in the last year or two. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to go off on that. DK, what were your thoughts on the match? Oh, it was enjoyable for what it was. I, of course, we all know I like Pope. Uh, Luke Hawk, somebody who I've seen live. He's got a lot of talent. They said underappreciated. They put on a good match for the TV title. Uh, all I complained, like I said, it was short. It was uh, just over five minutes in what would have been a fun 10, 15 minute draw. So, Kevin? Yet again, Eli Drake wrestles Jake Atlas for 15, 20 minutes. Has a great one-on-one match. Gives you everything you get out. You have two wrestlers in the ring that can easily put on a match like that, and you put them out there for six minutes. I mean, it's their—it's their show. It's their thing. They can make it ten. They can make it twelve. They can take the stupid time limit off of. I just think, I, I just, you have two really good wrestlers and you hamstring them by putting them out there for six minutes. Because anytime you tell me in another, say I'm wrestling Luke Hawks, and you tell us we got six minutes, and we're both going to look at each other and be like, what the heck are we going to do in six minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our entrance isn't going to take two minutes apiece. So, uh, I, you know, I love Luke it was good for what it was. It just, it felt like a third of a match. And I think they all went better than that. It also should have been the main event. It, yeah, absolutely should have been the main And that's something that they, for whatever reason, the TV title match is not the main event. Hasn't it's been six on. Minutes. That's a six minutes. You can't have a six minute main event. Now they've done it before. <laughs> they've done, hey, yeah, don't tempt them. We had Jordan Clearwater sit in the ring for six minutes and not have a match. And we had, uh, they, they just 
totally took away the main event. So don't tempt them, Kevin. They could do a six-minute main event if they want to. Oh, God, they did this time. Um, next up, we have uh, a commercial for Kayfabe College. Then we get uh, Taryn Terrell and Lady Frost. I've heard great things about Lady Frost. I've never seen her in the ring before. Uh, she certainly has an interesting look. Taryn Terrell is delightful. I will always enjoy her matches. Um, it was it was weird how the announcers were pegging it as Taryn Terrell was so crafty veteran. It just leaps, it seemed like to me it was a dumb luck victory. Uh, what what did you guys think about this one? I thought they overplayed Taryn Terrell's role in the match. I thought they overplayed it. Whoever's idea it was to look it like that, just get out of here with that. You can get exactly the same thing accomplished with actually having wrestling. So you, you, you took two really good female wrestlers, and yet again, with stupid booking, they didn't get to go out there and do what they do best. Those are rumbling. I hated the finish too. I mean, they 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 rung the bell. Lady Frost got some pretty decent looking offense in. Taryn Terrell ran to the, the podium. Shh, take a break. Shh, shh. And then and then got in the ring and then rolled her up for a pin. It, it, it just seemed again there was bad booking, not really fundamental wrestling. Uh, I w- I would definitely like to see more out of both of them. Okay, I have a question for you. Sure. How long was Taryn Terrell out talking on the bike? Oh, I don't know. Longer than the match it was. Longer than the entering action. All right. How long does it take to count to 10? Should take 10 seconds. Why was this not accounted Why do you bury your reps? And we'll see this again tonight. Why do you have to go out and say, we're the NWA, we wrestle, we're different, you know, come see us. Okay, you don't do the flippy flips. I'll grant you that. But how is this anything different than what I would see on WWE or... Well, WWE, they would have got counted out. It was a bootleg version of that. Or AEW or, you know, some of the other thing. What what the heck? Get them in the ring. Why couldn't the girls have gone five minutes? Why couldn't they have gone seven or eight? They're good. Is Terrell still injured? I mean, let's... let's let's be honest that whole fiasco was about five minutes they could have had a match or they could have done what they did somebody chose to go that direction right somebody needs to stop smoking crack (laughs) or somebody needs to start smoking crack whichever one they're doing currently please reverse (laughs) that that is it I want to cry and for you out there that are listening to us, I did not watch the show because I did not subscribe to it anymore. I had to, it was legal. I watched it in a legal way, but I had to find another way to, you know, irritate a friend to watch it. And uh, 
That was not either one of these friends from Glasgow or Wasn't me. I have a friend here in the town I live in, and he has it. He lives in Texas. Yes. The great nation. Exactly. And uh, so anyway, what about this would have made me say, hey, I can't wait to plunk down $5. I I can get me two chocolate shakes for $5. I'll be happier or longer. Hey, NWA, anybody listening? Okay, I paid five bucks a month so I can have something to talk wrestling with these two guys about. Not because your product's great. Sorry. <laughs> so I can hang out with Dave, Ruby, and Terry, and Ron, and James, and WWL TV, and Woodland Goblin, and Kokushi when he shows up. By, by, by the way. That's what I'm doing. By the way, WWLTD stands for What Would Luthez Do? And Luthez would have wrestled. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. So let's let's get to the next segment. Um, and I I actually like this. I watched it a second time because I think I think we're seeing a shift here, a paradigm shift, if you will. I think I think maybe Black G's has something in mind. Tyrus, and I kind of like where it might be going. Now, I don't know spoilers. I haven't seen any spoilers. I don't know what's going on, but Tyrus, who's been managed by Austin Idol since he's gotten there, is approached by Black G's for a business proposition. What that means, I don't know, but it gotta be better than Austin Idol every week making up words and telling us to Google it. Um, I'm excited about it. I don't know where it's gonna go. You guys want to talk about it, or can we get to the next match? I don't care. Let's go to the next match. Next match is the end. Odinson and Paro versus La Rebellion. Or La Re- is it Rebellion or Revolution? Rebellion. La Rebellion. 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 It's the Rebellion, rebellion. with... with uh, the Rebel Alliance. They're part of Star Wars. Sure. And that's with Mecha Wolf and Beastia 666. Now, these guys had kind of a falling... Like, uh, during the pay-per-view, if you guys go back and watch that match there's a point in time where it seems like the end and uh and uh la rebellion are are kind of in that ring together at the same time and it seems like they're doing a lot of fighting uh as a tag team against each other the thing i want to point out is as much as i like paro and as much as i like odinson they lost to adonis and latimer they lost to the war kings they were a non-factor at the pay-per-view and then Tonight they draw with La Rebellion. Is it time just to let the end go? Is it time to split them up as a tag team? Because they're obviously a bunch of losers the way that they're wrestling. That there's nobody there that's doing uh, anything worthwhile. And then you've got you know you've got uh, La Rebellion who last night or excuse me Sunday night, I mean they won that four way dance. Brand new tag team representing Lucha Libre, and they win that match. And then tonight, they draw with the end. It was a good match, but I I hate these non-finishes. As DK alluded to before, uh, the referees are starting to look just imbecilic. Is that a word? They look like imbeciles. Kevin, tell me what you thought about this match, brother. I don't know how you can have two good teams like that and bury them the way they bury them. 
They hate tag teams. I mean, why not just have a time limit? But you know, it have to have that. It have to go more than like five minutes. It have to be like a 10, 15 minute match. And then you have the no. Then you don't have to have some bull crap finish. I, like I said, like I, I, I see NWA more and more in the hook slam category than I am in the WWE NXT category. If you don't know what Hood Slam is, it's an awesome show that they have out in A good friend of mine, Sam, runs it. And, you know, it's comedy wrestling. They go out there, they have fun, they keep off. Everyone knows it's not, they're not out there to have something serious. It's just a party. I think of NXT as serious wrestling. Um, when I think of even like MLW or when I think of Ring of Honor, uh, when I think of even AEW, like I think they're trying to be serious about what they're doing. NWA to me feels like they're almost like they don't take themselves seriously, and almost like they're doing this to make fun of wrestling in some ways. It's almost an insult to me in ways because it's like, okay, are you trying to really? Okay, are you being serious? And if you are, is this what you think wrestling is? Um, and the scary thing is, I think so. Well, and what do you do with these guys that are all really talented guys? If you're just going to go treat these top-notch wrestlers like jabronis, then why not get some jabronis? And my next question, this is my challenge to the wrestlers. I mean, are they paying you that well to go out there and look that way? I know many times I have to say no to people. And I walked away from storylines that were dumb, or had to at least have some say. Um, again, a lot of this stuff is compromised. But how are you letting yourself go out there and look like that? I just, you know, you're not going to keep any legitimate wrestling teams or wrestling talent treating them this way. They're going to use you as an interim until they get somewhere that will take them seriously and will make them look good. Harsh, did you guys see? Did you guys see Zicky Dice make his debut on AEW? No, I did not. Got murdered by uh, uh, Lance Archer. <laughs> well, I've always liked Lance. <laughs> now, now I like him a little more. And let me talk about this tag team match just a little. In that. Referee looked stupid. It took him 20 seconds to count five. They should have been counted out earlier. It was weird in that I felt like it was a pretty good work match until the end. But it's like they went from stiff to light. Some of the stuff they were throwing there at the end, especially once they got to the floor, just looked terrible. <laughs> I mean, terrible! <laughs> so I'm, I'm, joining, I'm joining Kevin on this, which is, why are you allowing yourself to be focused? I hope you're making money, because if, you, if you're being saying, well, it's exposure, why would I want to book you after that? You know? Well, well, some guys, some guys, it's not going to hurt. I don't think Odinson's going to be hurt by it. 
Elvis, I think, is a good enough character. I, again, I do think they should break up the end because I really want to see Otis and Morris as singles wrestler and see what they do with him. And uh, he, he's, he's probably impressed me the most. The uh, Rebel Alliance or whatever. <laughs> they, uh... <laughs> We love this team, but we can't get their name right. <laughs> I'm not French. Or... So anyway, it's Spanish and you're Mexican. Come on, what's going on here? <laughs> that was about to We're on a roll here tonight, guys. We're on a roll. Thanks for having fun. Yeah, well, we had to have some fun with the show because the show wasn't any fun. Can... And... You know, I think they're. I think they can do something with them, but they won't because they just hate tag teams. And the, I, I really am struggling to think of like the best tag team match that they put that wasn't just, you know, completely ridiculous. Probably the Ed versus War Kings. But I mean, come well, on. You're talking about power. I don't know the last time they had like some good finishes on power. I think the pay-per-view they had plenty. They had a few. I can't say plenty, but they had a few. The, the last, the last two episodes of power I felt were really good. But you had the two episodes of power, then you had power surge, and then you had the pay-per-view. So, what I'm going to suggest is this: instead of the NWA hitting that reset button after every pay-per-view, you ramped us up. You got us set up for the pay-per-view. Can we just keep pushing forward with that? Because you guys are only doing like, you know, this is four days of television taping. We know it. And, and I'm not trying to say that to be snarky. I know this is four days. So over the course of the three or four days, can we just keep it ramped up instead of, or amped up, I should say, instead of ramping up? Because it, it feels like, okay, we got our first episode of Power, and I was disappointed. It was a letdown. It, it was a letdown. Can we go back to, like, episode... 29 of power and episode 28 of power where it was actually fun and I was happy with those shows I want to go back there because as much as I liked the Pope and Luke Hawk that was a good match as much as the tag team match started off really well there was a lot of letdown on the show and I'm sorry I'm sorry to those of you who care but I don't need 15 minutes of Camille in the ring and Nick Aldis jumping around in a tuxedo, handing her flowers. This was stupid. This was trite. This insulted my intelligence. This is trivial. Three matches. They had three matches, and one of them had featured 30 seconds of action. Don't tell me I'm negative for the sake of being negative. Don't tell me there's nothing they can do to please me. It sucked. (laughs) If you don't think it sucked... Okay, fine. But it did. When Kevin and I agree on something, you know it's the gospel truth. Hey, guys, I gotta say something. Like, listen. This is something I, again, you know, if we were on air, off air, we'd be talking exactly like this. This is just. Like we did. The way we are, who we are why we like each other because and why we get along and why we do this 
and you got three guys on three, on two on two coasts and one in the greatest state in the nation, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> but you got you got guys across the entire country sharing similar views and opinions. It's not like we're sitting in a room all week talking about our ideas. We may text back and forth here and there or chit chat, but, but in reality, a lot of our ideas that we talk about get exposed right here on the show. Because this is just raw, real, this is how we feel. This is just us talking. This is not us doing a show. And what DK is saying is like what he really feels. And, and I can't really disagree with him because it's not that the talent sucks, it's not that some of the production sucks. Some of it could use the production has gone down. I'm sorry, but I'm a big production fan. It's a big thing to me. I really like production. It's probably why I like watching the bigger wrestling show. But the production isn't isn't bad. It's just you, what are you doing to wrestling? It's a wrestler. What are you doing to this amazing sport, sports entertainment thing that it is? What are you doing to it? You know, are you adding to wrestling? Like, aside, I mean, really. And I like, I think it's kind of funny, sorry, I don't mean to talk here. I think it's funny, James A. Jackson said, the end of people paying five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Honestly, like, 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 I agree with Jay. They need to take whatever ramped upness they have for that pay-per-view. They need to take some of that, and that needs to be in the show. And I think you need less story, more wrestling. This is why we. This is what it. What it's all about. You just don't have enough TV product out there every week, uh, or give enough content like in the time that you give us to have so little wrestling. If the show was an hour and a half and it had three 15-minute matches in that hour and a half, something of that nature, you had 45 to hours worth of wrestling, or even just 40, 35, 40 minutes of wrestling. We could palette some of this stuff a little bit better. For sure. But right now, it just feels like a bunch of guys So, I mean, look, I said it at the beginning of this podcast, you're hearing a real opinion, right? You're hearing my real opinion, you're hear- hearing Kevin's real opinion, you're hearing DKM's real opinion. None of this is, you know... We're- Obviously, we're not sponsored by the NWA. Obviously, they're not asking us to be on their YouTube channel. We're, we're being direct. And, and you could sugarcoat the show and, and highlight only the positives. But even on this show, that's only two segments. I mean, just be real. That's two segments. And and I'm not telling you guys to stop watching the NWA. I'm, I'm not telling you not to support it. But I'm, I'm saying that maybe we should ask for more. Maybe we should demand more. Maybe there should be more. I, I want to put on this, Jay. How did, how, what was our tone with the paper? Completely we different. Had show, we had a show here on this show alone where we had part, something that we all agreed that we liked and then something we all agreed we didn't like. So you don't tell me they were just up here talking negative, because when it's good, we get props. And I can list off at least five wrestlers on this, maybe more, because that are all top-notch, big league talent that deserve better than what they do with them on this power. And they need to put more of what they do on the pay-per-view, because then they'll get more pay-per-view buybacks. Sorry, PK, you got. I feel like you're ready. 
it's like our closing event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is because there's nothing to talk about at the end. Because you know who ends their have you know non wrestling thing in their main event segments like was on Power today or Tuesday? WWE Raw. So what we saw today was a one-hour condensed version of the three hours of WWE Raw. That's basically it. We had too much talking at the beginning. We had a non-wrestling main event, which, you know, the least they could have done was have Thunder Rosa or Serena Deep or someone come out there, take those flowers and kick all this in the balls and smack, <laughs> smack Camille in the face with the flowers or something. You know, something who was make oh yeah. But no. We had stupidity. By the way, Mickey James was on the show at the very beginning to, you know, tell oh, the paper. Well, it was. And, uh, you know, of course, there was, they kept K Fabe there because there was no mention of, of, uh, uh, James at all just being a couple, even though everybody knows it. And it's going to obviously have to come out at some point during this whole thing. And I am excited at the idea of the NWA going back to St. Louis and to the chase and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, the best part of this show, outside of that one Camille book when Vladimir came out, was, you know, Billy Corgan and Mickey James there talking. Uh, and, well, I'm just going to say, otherwise this show sucks to do better. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say this too, because... Uh, and I'm going to go back to NXT because it, it's going to illustrate what I'm talking about. In, in, at the NXT show this last week, they had the match at the opening. It was a fantastic match. But then Adam Cole comes out and he lays everybody out, drug to the back. Later on, Adam Cole comes out again and he grabs the microphone and cuts what I would say is promo of the year. Um, top that. You so much about some of the bad stuff we didn't even talk about the uh the uh trevor murdoch promo we just we left it off the show because that's how bad it was there's there's so many (laughs) things on this show that were just not good and i talked to somebody who was a big nwa fan and they said they they told me yeah I, i really liked this episode and i said really i mean tell me what you liked about it and i'm still waiting to hear back from them because i you know I don't. I probably won't get an answer. The NWA under Billy Corgan, with Nick Aldis as world champion, with Camille as world champion, has a ton of potential. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's unlimited, but there's so much potential. This this TV show could be so much better. The pay per view. They're talking about the 73rd anniversary pay per view. I mean, I was at the 70th anniversary. I don't know how they're going to top it. 
And honestly, with what they have right now, I don't think they can. But I, I'm, I'm welcome to be pro proven wrong. Like I said, I was proven wrong about when our shadows fall. I was the last person to buy that pay-per-view, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So NWA, if you're out oh, I might, well, second to last, okay. If the NWA is listening to this podcast, hey guys, make make us, prove us wrong. But right now, I, I don't think we are. I, I think it's you. I don't think it's me. I think it's you. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.